Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. Welcome to the Variety Channel. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Space of the Waste. I am your host, Melody Edmondson. And if you have missed some of our past episodes, please go to www.voiceamerica.com and listen to the past episodes. And you can also find on that page, it's my host page, you can also find the um, guests and that you push guests and you can go back and read about the various guests that you also missed and get a picture of them and get a bio and everything else. If you need any visuals from any of the past episodes or current where you want to see in a visual, go to Pinterest, the space of the waste, and you will find circle, square, rectangle, inverted triangle, triangle and hourglass body shapes by balance, short and long waist, B, S or L. Then you can find a visual. But today we're going to go into sculpture and body sculpture by none other than Shirley Wagner, who I have mentioned on my show several times. And she's one of my very favorite people in the world. And uh, the only person I knew when I moved to Tucson, she and her husband, her husband was my cardiologist and surgeon. And Shirley was a renowned sculpturer in the city and sold across the nation. And she recently most recently, uh, has gone into body sculpture. And I'm going to let her tell you all about it and how she got on her journey, what took her on the journey, and her diversifications along the way. So welcome, Shirley Wagner. Hi, Melody. Thank you so much for inviting me to your program. We go back. Welcome. I guess in the late 70s, we worked together in New York City. And lo and behold, here we are both yes. in Arizona. Yep, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, right in there. That's right. It seems like a lifetime ago to me, but it, it was real. It happened. <laughs> you know, when I moved to Tucson, I moved with my husband and we had three children. But my degree was in art. And once my boys were a little more grown up and all into preschool or elementary school, I returned to my art making. What inspired me was the light and the shadow of the desert. The lighting is amazing here and our beautiful mountains change colors every hour on the hour. And it really inspired me to return to my first love. Yeah. I always say my best creations were my three sons. You but did. after that. Uh, Other than that. 
other than that came uh, came my work. Uh, so I've been a sculptor for about 30 years, uh, working diligently. I do have a degree in fine art from Youngstown University in Youngstown, Ohio. And when I arrived in Tucson, I became very interested in a kind of sculpture called assemblage art. Assemblage art is bringing parts and pieces together to build form. And so this kind of sculpture was made from found and recycled and upcycled pieces that I would bring together and I would hang on the wall. Uh, what I was most taken about was that the work changed with the setting sun as the mountains changed with the setting sun. And so I became very involved with assemblage art for at least 15 years. It was five years ago in 2017 that I lost my husband. And we had about two and a half good years to talk about our lives. I, I even wrote my husband's uh, memoirs. He dictated to me uh, 85 pages of his history. But we had these amazing conversations about what he expected of me after he left. Oh my God. He told me to go on and create, to make my mark in the world. And you have, you certainly have done that. You know, Melody, we all have a story to tell, don't we? And we do. um, I read this amazing quote, and I forgive me for botching it up, but let me see if I can read, paraphrase it. When you see a mountain, you marvel at it. But you ask that mountain, how did you get so beautiful? And the mountain tells me it was an earthquake. So there was that rumbling that comes before the beauty is revealed. I so believe that. We've all got a story about our travels and experiences and, and uh, sad times, happy times, what have you. Uh, there's that rumbling. And so when my husband left me, I needed to do something with that rumbling. So I returned to the studio and I looked around. I, I was kind of like a duck out of water. Nothing made sense to me. Nothing was important anymore. All my whole body of assemblage work suddenly just wasn't speaking to me. So I started playing with all the little bits and scraps paper and metal and stones and all the materials I used in my assemblage work. And I just made a little mini sculpture in the palm of my hand. Okay. You know, it was a comfortable place to be. I wasn't standing over my power tools and really stressing over. It was quiet. It was quiet too. Yes. And I could hear my husband saying, oh, I like that. I love it. So I love that. 
took that little piece, I glued it together, I, you know, wired it, whatever it was. And it was a little mini sculpture in the palm of my hand. I love it. So I went up to a mirror, I went into this house from the studio, and I sort of held it up against me. And I said, Oh, my gosh, this would make an amazing piece of art jewelry. Yes, absolutely. I called my dear friend Nina, who you know. Yes. Yes. Nina is one of my most precious friends. And I always said she was an art savant. And I said, she was. I'm sending she you is. <laughs> yes, she is. I, I'm sending you a picture. I'm holding this up to my neck. What do you think? And when Nina said, I'm coming right over. <laughs> you knew you had a winner. You knew you were on to something more than a rumble. <laughs> this was a ginormous eruption coming. <laughs> <laughs> So there it was. Um, I am the next, the next phase. That's right. That's right. And in a much different uh, dynamic and proportion, which was really, I think, good for you at that time. It's almost like you could sit for you. It was almost like meditating. You could sit and do this and play around with them and decide what color or what shape or how much shine you wanted, how much matte you wanted, but without, for you, it wasn't laborious at all. No, no. And it was the same process I had been doing for years in my large work, just in a little safe spot because I was, I was grieving the loss of my husband. I knew that I would be doing art therapy on myself. You were. And he was talking to you. (laughs) I would heal myself through my own work. So whenever I have an occasion to talk to women, especially in my age group, I'm 72 years old. I encourage them to find a passion to embrace something that they've always wanted to do because it's never too late. That's right. Absolutely. You're going to love Michelle Owens. You're probably in it, but I know Michelle Owens is having this uh, gallery show with all 50 and over, 50 age and over women, that dynamic women that are in their career in many different phases of life. You know, whether it's art or interior design or real estate or architecture or uh, politics or whatever, she has it all. It's good. I think it's October, early October, but I think there is a show also in September, but it's Michelle Owens and it's all about women. It's going to be fabulous. Um, You should be in it. You need to call her. I want to ask a couple of questions because I I get talking, I get to talking and then our time gets away. But I want to just get out there what Shirley's email is. Uh, It's Shirley, S-H-I-R-L-E-Y, Wagner, W-A-G-N-E-R, artist, all one word, WagnerArtist.com. Any questions? Is that your website? My website. And and of course, that's what I would like if anybody has questions to email me through my website. Okay. 
email her through her website. She can tell you uh, where you can purchase some of her art necklaces. And I know uh, Medicine Man here in uh, Tucson has her work and they have a website, Medicine Man. And um, you can just email Shirley on her website, ask her any questions that you want to ask. I want to ask, do you also design for men? Because I know somebody's going to ask me that. I, I see these as bisexual, but, you know. Um, so men love my work. This work is big and bold. I'm yes. little tiny body sculpture. Uh, I'm using, I mean, my, my pieces are a minimum of two inches in diameter and go up to four or five inches. So the scale can absolutely go from a small uh, person to a, a large man. And men love my work, especially the very long, narrow pieces that mm -hmm. come almost like bolo pins. Yeah. Bolo ties. They wear a collared shirt, button up mm -hmm. that. And then we find the right cord and we just tuck that piece right into the collar. I love it. Yes. Love it. And tell me, what? Why do you call your jewelry body sculpture? I know you're always. When I try have mine on, sometimes you adjust how it is on my chest. So I think that's because you there's a flat surface there, and you design for that. So can you explain that a little bit and what, about your body sculpture? I differentiate between wall sculpture and. Uh, now I'm making body sculpture. And uh, yes, as you mentioned, there's that space between the neck and the decollete, <clears throat> excuse me, where um, we've got almost a little flat wall, if you will. Some like wall, that. Yes. Some the wall, wall, chest wall. <laughs> that's right. And certainly speaks to your uh, space of the waist and all of the body proportions. Um, you might say, oh, yes, it's probably made better for tall women. But I've done trunk shows and I've worked with private clients. And it is amazing, depending on many things, the woman's neck size, again, that space that she has, and mm -hmm. also attitude. Absolute personality, attitude. You're right. Is she willing to walk out of my studio with this? very major statement piece and say something about who she is. Maybe she's progressive. She's engaged in the world. She's motivated, you know, she, whatever it is. Um, so it's not always a little petite girl is going to get a little petite necklace. I, I don't, it's not my thing. I don't make anything petite. And so it just depends on, you know, all those factors, mm -hmm. uh, if you're willing to just go out mm -hmm. into the world, uh, this, my work does not, uh, is not dictated by what fashion says. This mm -hmm. is fashion. This is art on the body. You're right. I had my, the first piece I bought from you, I purchased from you was slightly smaller than this one, a little more rectangular than this one, but I had worn it to uh, a sorority reunion about four years ago. And one of the, one of my favorite 
ladies from the sorority, Carol Ollendorf, uh, absolutely loved it so much that, and she had this fabulous black high neck asymmetrical top with these big wide black and then tapered pants and these unique black little booties. I just took it off and put it right on her, <laughs> gave it to her because it looked so great with her outfit. And she just loves it to this day. Anytime she calls me, she says, I'm still loving my Shirley Wagner piece. So I have to say, everywhere I go, when I wear one of these, whether it's this and I have the quartz uh, and uh, the citrine, but every time I wear them, I get stopped, stopped by somebody. And I say, Shirley Wagner, and I give them your card because people like it. And even little people, like you say, shorter people, because my sister-in-law, Kathy Plays, and her sister, Michelle Grinnan, they're very artsy, but they are little petite girls. Kathy's like 4'11", Michelle's like maybe five foot. But they love bold and they can handle bold and they wear bold. And I'm, I know they would love it. I just haven't. I, ha, I, I, I don't like to risk traveling with these because I don't want to break anything and I don't want to leave anything in the room. And I would have to carry it around in my purse for me to feel safe. So I often don't travel. So they haven't yet gotten to see them. But tell me what... Uh, propels you to make only necklaces? Well, because you've got that wall on your body that will display my work the best. I don't make bracelets that bangle around or earrings that you know swing back and forth. I just want an important piece that sits up closer to the face and keeps the eye up on the face. You know, Melody, I do Pilates, uh, I don't know, four or five times a week. And sometimes I'll be invited to meet a friend for coffee or go to lunch, what have you. I always keep a couple of my necklaces in the car and I'll put one on with my yoga pants and my black top put on a necklace and maybe a little sweater or something if it's chilly. And most of the time my friends will say, Oh my gosh, you got so dressed up for coffee. <laughs> this, this work has that way of just keeping the by eye. How did you refer to it? Like above the table? Yes. Uh, just changes the focal point of looking at you. And, and that's right a little good lipstick and uh, perfect is that melody i did want to just say yes all your viewers who are wondering what this work really looks like yes. well each piece is unique and different and each piece is a mini assemblage i bring parts and pieces together to build form and what does that mean I might bring some old rusted metal with a mineral shard and a piece of cork or a stainless steel disc. And it is the way these pieces come together and relate to each other 
and every one is different and unique. I never can make the same piece twice. No, that's what's so wonderful about them. Yes. It's Um, kind of imprinted. I mean, I just love this one. The one that I have today, uh, I don't know, what is this? Is that slate or? That's a pyrite sand dollar. With a pearl. Pearl. And it's on black painted cork, I think. And then this is a piece of stainless steel, I think. And then the leather rope necklace. Which I make all my necklaces. They're all leather or steel. It just depends on, I've gotten really involved in the uh, necklace itself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually have a vendor out of Africa who is sending me some really primitive tribal looking uh, neck cords. Okay. And they, they hang right at the perfect spot right above your bust line. It's really, really attractive where it hangs. And of course you can take it to a jeweler if you wanted to change the length of your necklace, but I, I just think they're perfect the way they are. And I don't have a particularly long neck. I think I have a, a slightly shorter to average neck, but I think these necklaces also look very good on somebody who doesn't have a, a long neck at all. And also with those that have very long necks, I've seen them on everybody and they, they just look fantastic. Um, I think it's kind of proportionates the head, neck, and upper chest, it kind of creates a nice break there if you have a long neck and it kind of brings the neck down a bit if you have a short neck, because depending on the kind of neckline you have on, be it skin showing or no skin showing, I don't know. It just seems to be attractive on so many, so many necklines. And I don't see your colors seem to go with every skin tone and every, um, every kind of dark or light skin uh, person and hair color. Uh, And you do have some that have more yellowy tints and some that have more, what I would say, cool colors, the cool colors, the reddish colors and the yellowish colors. So there's something for everyone. Some that's more of a blue. Yes, yes. I have women that uh, come to me and they say, I can only wear cool colors. I can only wear silver and I don't work in precious metal. I work in stainless steel, brass, leather, <laughs> anodized aluminum. Okay. Industrial materials. But a woman will come to me and say, I only wear silver. I only wear gold. And oftentimes she's right. Depends on her the coloration of her skin, her hair, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so we go on that premise. Yeah. But I, I, I did want to mention that I have clients that say, oh, can you make me a pair of earrings that go with this necklace? No, because... I don't see many earrings going with my necklace, only just a little tiny stud or something close up to the ear and not much else, you know, uh, some important bangles or. A and they statement. don't have to wear earrings with all oh. the time, you know, no. 
Well, you know, it's just like in any accessorizing melody, something has to give. Mm-hmm. And I I am a fetish uh, eyeglass collector. Yes. When I wear my jewelry, I have to be very careful, even with my eyeglass selection. Yes. A more a more quiet, uh, maybe a thin rimmed, but oversized something, you know, kind of chunky and, and dramatic. No, no color. No if you're color. Gonna, so that the that, color goes here. That's right. Uh, because just in any accessorizing, something's got to give and you've got to just, you know, be careful about what else you add mm-hmm. because the focal point is the mm-hmm. uh, uh, neck neck piece. Absolutely. I agree. And there has to be a focus. I mean, the people that do the brooch and the necklace and the earrings, it's just not modern anymore. And it, I think it gives it a much richer look, really, if you just wear the necklace, quite frankly, and not even rings and earrings. And you have to wear your glasses. Anyway, I do where I can't see. But uh, and I prefer them to contacts, so that's what I do. And if I think it looks too junky, I will get a different pair, like you say, a different pair of glasses that don't make such of a statement so that the necklace still reigns, you know. Uh, I want to get back a teeny bit uh, just because uh, I do know that uh, with your necklaces they work really well for special occasions too and I know a lot of women that go to weddings bar mitzvahs christenings and everything else and they wear black particularly on the east coast and they wear black and you add something one of your beautiful sculptural pieces with stone and pearl and brass or the aluminum or the stainless and all of a sudden you've got a really fantastic look to me it reminds me of the the 80s when armani came was big time and people were starting to wear armani pantsuits to weddings and armani skirt suits just because they were sculptural and to them the sculpturality of that suit made it more modern more unique that you could wear anywhere you could wear anywhere and uh, I could see this necklace going with one of those suits too. Now today I just have on a black uh, scu- kind of sculptural, uh, wider shouldered, narrow bottom dress in cotton knit, but I can wear it with that too. It's very for a comfortable day at the studio. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you brought that up because I have had clients contact me about making a necklace. One in particular, a woman, her daughter was getting married and there was just, there was no dress out there that she liked better than this simple St. John knit long navy blue dress. Yes. Sounds fabulous. (laughs) Very minimalistic. And she just wanted, she said, I'd rather put some money into a necklace that I can wear again rather than buying some frilly, something that wasn't me. And so I had the piece for her to go with this dress. I also had a client who brought a beautiful brocaded etro um, jacket to me. 
he was going to a special occasion and I designed, I took colors from the jacket and I designed a necklace that just fit beautifully in the neckline. Awesome. Uh, it, it was, uh, it complemented the shape of the lapels and the neckline of the, of the uh, underpinning. It was awesome. Uh, I just envisioned agate and jasper as I don't know if they're strong enough, but I like agate and jasper because they have so many colors in them, you know, especially jasper. Um, yeah, I've gotten into lots of crystal and Ooh. are just crazy about crystal. And I guess way I take a from the earth crystals. Yes, that's correct. Um, I take a crystal and I have been gold leafing some of the facets. Wow. Don't you own one that has gold? Yes, I do. I have one that's got gold leafing. It's a crystal from the earth. It's got kind of a flat back, which is why it hangs on my neck so well. And then uh, uh, the sides have gold. That's right. Fabulous. So I'm uh women just really love the crystals. And if you're into the spirituality, yes. the healing power and the energy of the crystals, um women tend to walk around holding that crystal, just wrapping their hands around it from time to time. Yes, yes. Same with amethyst. That's right. That's I mean, right. I wish I, I saw. Art to Home magazine had your one of your necklaces in it with an amethyst. I wish I would have bought that because that was to die for. And, you know, amethyst is very good for anyone with any kind of obsessions, whether it's spending, alcohol, gambling, whatever your obsession is it, or addiction, amethysts are very good for you. So like crystals are, but you can do the same thing hold on to that amethyst and it it was almost looked like it was a natural piece of amethyst that almost looked like a miniature group a, a grape group you know like a grape a group of grapes and it reminded me of that it had kind of a triangular look and um i just it was on silver some kind of a stainless or aluminum or whatever and black of course and I just loved it but I thought she just sent that to them I you know I don't want to buy it right away I'm going to give them a week or two it was gone of course <laughs> but you're talking about artful home I do yeah, sell artful home that's it I, artful home I do sell some of my work on artful home uh and then most of my specimen pieces are available at medicine man gallery in Tucson Arizona Okay. Um, now, just to tie this into my body shapes, because I like uh, to tie that in, uh, I think your necklaces work well on any body shape, in my opinion, whether you're a square, a circle, a, an inverted triangle, an hourglass, a triangle, a rectangle. I, I could see it working on any body shape and uh, the the type with 
excuse me, the linear one. Like I have one, one crystal or, or it might be a citrine uh, that's elongated rectangle from you. I like it. And it also would look very good on a circle or a square, I think, because it's elongates that face and your uh, upper body. And I think just shape would probably become somewhat important. And if you're a large woman, you don't want to get it too dinky, which they don't have to worry about because you don't make anything dinky. But I think they would look fantastic in this, George, just anybody. I would say that um, most women prefer a long vertical. It tends to elongate the torso. But sometimes I build my work horizontal. Yes. That's very gutsy and uh, very much involved in the attitude of the client. Yep. Out into the world with that kind of piece on. It's, it's like an, a painter asking her client to hold a painting up in front of her and walk around. It is amazing the comments you get especially from young people who gravitate towards the design aesthetic of my work. Yes. And anything different, really different. Most of the work is not just rectangular or square. It is irregular shaped. And I play off of uh, the edge of a found mineral or a broken shard like the pyrite piece you're wearing today yes. or a piece of metal. And I'm that lady walking across the parking lot at the mall, stopping and picking up cool stuff because it is amazing what you can find out there, something shiny out in the distance. You just go over there and see it's this amazing metal disc from the plumber's toolbox, what have you, that's been rusting for the last year. And I just have a little jar in my car instead of having my water bottle there, the jar is there and I just drop things in there. Those become part of my assemblage pieces. So it's sustainable, upcycling, recycling, you do it all. So you're a sustainable company. And the you can cut those any way you want with your little tools you if you want just a part of it you know or whatever um a friend of mine another artist uh was uh recently cleaning out her uh belongings many many belongings that she uses for her artwork and she's a painter Uh, but she's just artistic in lots of ways, you know, her home and everything else, much like you are, but you're more of a minimalist than she is. And she gave me a bag of wooden buttons and I'm going to use those, I think all over a jacket, you know, just so the arms and the front and the back and just leave the sides open you know, or maybe I'll create a design, but I just think that would be wonderful. I think a design would uh, make a statement kind of like sweeping across the jacket. Yeah, that's an idea. Uh, Whenever you can make a statement, 
And mm-hmm. well, I saw, I don't know if you saw this at, um, it was at, I'm pretty sure it was at the new school Parsons in New York. There was a designer and I don't have her name. I wish I did. Maybe I can find it. But what she did was she designed something. It was just stunning. It was like this bluish purple color. And and the way the jacket, the jacket and the and the midway down the skirt was designed was to look like a profile of a face. It probably was her face. I don't know, but it was stunning, and it wasn't so out there that you even noticed it first. I sent that around to a lot of people, and no one said anything. And they said, "Did you see it? See what this outfit you sent me?" And I go, "Yes, take another look." And then they would say, "What am I supposed to be looking for?" I said, "Can you see the profile of her face in the cut of that jacket and all the way the mid of the skirt?" And it was a a profile, you know, of a face. It was just stunning. What a great idea. I remember once when John was a new CEO for a company and they had an opening for him, they had come to me and asked for a photograph of John. And what they did is they took a hundred percent cotton um, fabrication that was fairly heavy and kind of a vanilla color. And they took a black and white photo of my husband and they made made it fabric all over was his face. Everywhere there was a face, a face, a face, a face all over. And so when they had the opening, they had it like draperies on the side of Charles A. Stevens. So that when you walked in and Roger Long is the one that developed, he was an artist and he made that fabric. And when you walked in, when you first walked up, it was pulled. Okay. And you saw John and John was standing in front with his EVPs uh, making the announcement of the new store opening and the new way things were going to look in the stores and this and that. And then when they opened to go in, they pulled them back you know, and tied him back. It was just incredible what they did with this fabric. I just thought it was so amazing. I just had to bring that up. But I guess that could be another thing to do sculpturally as well. Um, I've actually taken fabric around rocks and then incorporated that element into my design. Um, I see that. This is not your mother's Pearl necklace. No, it's not. You can do anything with this. Um, What are some other exotic materials you're looking to do next that maybe something you haven't used? Well, or or you're going to use more of, like you said, you love the crystals. That's something that you really want to use more of, but what else? Is there any other direction you're going? Well, I am in the process of designing work that incorporates geometric shapes with organic shapes, shapes from nature, and bringing those two elements together in a small handheld sculpture uh, with a flat back that sits against your body. There's lots to consider. Uh, I might see some amazing materials but they're in the round and their relief is too thick to be pleasant against the body 
Hmm. So I am looking at some river rock and some pearls from a designer that is a vintage designer, Miriam Haskell. She did Baroque pearls and uh, they're kind of a crinkled pearl. And I never know where my design is going to go. I just have to surround myself with all sorts of parts and pieces. And I sort of get into a zone Mm -hmm. when I'm creating my other large sculptures where I bring all these little elements together and I move them around. I don't make any drawings. I just see how they speak to each other. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. It's not always what new materials am I using? It's what's my new thinking on how I'm going to use these materials. I like that geometric and organic combo. It's like the modern with uh, nature. And, you know, another thing I've been reading a lot about, my other love is all of the metaphysical and science and quantum physics and beyond, time, space, et cetera, and beyond in dimensional spaces, but I'm reading more and more about, you know, geometry is in the universe. And as you go out in, right now, where we live in space, uh, whether it's a dodecahedron or the octahedron or just a cube, uh, all of these, uh, whether they're platonic solids or geometric shapes or the sacred geometry or whatever you want to call it, uh, we move around in space and the space itself is shaped in these um, geometric uh, shapes out in space, and they create various things I'm learning. But I think the whole geometric angle, whether it's been your sculpture, even those ginormous sculpture that you made and put up in Phoenix and Scottsdale uh, of your bodies in motion, various body positions, those are very geometric and you use ge geometric shape within them. And I think it's just natural for you to go to geometry in your um, body sculpture. And I think you will, you should take a look at the platonic solids and the uh, sacred geometry and this new amphidahedra or however you say it, amphidahedra is a new shape that they just found last year. And anyway, it's just amazing. You know, you mentioned those uh, sculptures I did in, in Scottsdale. Yes, ginormous and they're beautiful. Moved my assemblage work off the wall and I'm creating self-standing figures uh, that are being used in public art. And I recently completed three uh, nine foot feet tall figures of uh, the human form, all composed of geometric metal shapes that sort of twist and turn and articulate into space. Um, 
They address a lot of contemporary issues, starting with health and wellness, but I'm also dealing with other contemporary issues like aging and mental health. Yes. Uh, my work my work is always content. There's something I want more from my work. And no matter what I'm doing, my assemblage, my self-standing sculptures, or my body sculptures, that um, that voice always speaks of the work. You know, Melody, I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun to take one of my body sculpture pieces and mm-hmm. put it on one of my figures? It would. It would absolutely take the body, do the short waist, long waist, balance waist, hourglass, circle, square, absolutely, and put them in the museum. <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, your early books on the space of the waist inspired me. I mean, I'm taking those same geometric shapes that you address, and I'm playing with the scale and the proportion. Totally are in a just abstract, gorgeous way. I love it. And of course, I want Shirley to do furniture. I know it's monumental, but I can just see it. I can just see it. And I can see them. And now that everybody's doing more at home things, uh, with this COVID or monkeypox or whatever they come up with next to give us, I think that we're going to see lots of people are adjusting a little bit about how much they go out and about in great big crowds and airports and whatnot. I don't think it'll ever go back to the way it was before. It's not going to be like it was for the past two years. It's even, it's already lots of people are traveling now, but I'm just saying Many of the home designs have been adjusted to make bigger dining rooms and bigger homes with fewer rooms, but bigger rooms because of having their company and their family over. I talked to a man who's a builder in the UK, Roger Jelly, and his beautiful wife, Sue, is also an artist. She paints uh, somewhat impressionistic and uh Roger was telling me that in the UK, a lot of the homes are much more contemporary, more minimalistic, but there is a much larger dining room that you can take the table and make it bigger, bigger, and more bigger with lots of chairs so that they can have their whole family over more times and that the living rooms are larger with maybe many more sofas or larger sectionals, maybe two sectionals even with the huge TV set. And then another room for like a sitting room or you do your yoga or your workout or your meditation or your reading or you study in there. And then if you need an office and then the bedrooms each have a bathroom and the bedrooms depend on how many kids you have or how many people you like to have in your home at at once. And for instance, if you have two children, you may have a three bedroom, or if you have no children, maybe you have a two bedroom. (laughs) 
and take that space and use it for something else. Like I bought a three bedroom and three bath, but I put my, for my retirement home because I wanted one of the bedroom bathrooms to be my closet room and shoe closet. <laughs> and then I still had a bathroom and a bedroom for a guest. And we still had a master bath and bedroom for us and the dining room and the living room kitchen. So we were set and the laundry room, of course, and outdoors. But spaces are being designed differently to accommodate these great big pieces of furniture for gatherings in the home. And I am thinking you need to get in on that space. Oh, well. I mean, you're doing nine foot already, one in one dimension, what, one dimension, two dimensions, so you could do it in 3D. You know, Melody, you mentioned uh, COVID and how it changed our thinking. Yes. When I realized in 2020 that we were about to enter a major paradigm shift in the way we were going to live our lives, I looked at my own life and I said, Shirley, as an artist, you are used to going into your studio. You are used to self-isolation. Use this time to go back to your safe space while the world is trying to sort this out and grow. And that's really how artists respond to adversity. I agree. It was a very empowering experience for me. It's a tragedy what's happened in the world, but I had to keep my sanity and I had to push myself and I have gone to places that I never thought imaginable. And if there's anything I can leave with your viewers is that it's never too late to find that passion, just as you have Melody, just as I have, that's why we're, we're such passionate friends, that we, we go out into the world and we're leaving our mark. It's true. And even this is something very new for me, the last going on my second year, um, being on the radio and having a radio show, it's something I've never done. Of course, I've spoken in front of people all my life in the fashion industry with fashion shows and and being fashion director a lot of times, you know, and fashion coordinators and representing the market as we did in New York, we always had to speak in front of people 10 times a year or whatever or more. But yes, I agree. It, you never want to stop listening, as you would say, to the rumblings. <laughs> you want to listen to your rumblings because it may be you know, you're awakening another part of yourself. And I think that's very important to always be growing. I'm always wanting to learn something. I mean, every day, what did I learn today? You know, and I've learned a lot today through you, Shirley. And I think that that is what shows like this are supposed to do. Art is supposed to do that. I mean, you look at a piece of art and it makes you feel a certain way. And then you have to have it because you're, you feel something with that art that you don't feel without it. And I all really actually think that's what the state of Arizona thought when they saw your artwork and they wanted to put 
pieces in Sedona, uh, in uh, Scottsdale and other places is because they felt something from it and they could see that not only did it look the way they wanted it to look, they felt something from it and that it would be good for their city. We um, don't have much time. We have two minutes. So Shirley, I'm going to, I'm going to say goodbye, but I want Shirley to close the show and she can, what, what else do you want to add? Have I missed anything? Have I not asked you something you want to talk about? Uh, We've really covered quite a bit. I, okay. I, I guess I would just say that uh, art is very important in our lives. I have three sons, and while they are not visual artists, they are musicians. They're also professional young men, but they're musicians. And if there's anything their mother taught them is how to look at the world in a creative way. Because when you look creatively at the world, you find different ways of solving problems. I There's agree. not one way. So they looked way outside of the box. <laughs> and I hope my boys are listening to their mother. Uh, I'm sure they are. They're not. Uh, they're not visual, but. They have. They are making their own marks, and I. I would say that it was my creative spirit that inspired them to reach different dreams. Goals. Yes, and give it their own twist. Give it their own innovation, which I know they all have. They all have that. They have Marius, that left brain, but they've got that right brain surely creative in them too i mean they have their own way of doing things thank you so much shirley wagner i love having you as a guest and a friend thank you so much and we'll talk again this is melody edmondson from the space of the waste join us next week on tuesdays thank you bye-bye Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time. Melody Edmondson has created a book series available on Amazon.com. The Space of the Waste series is comprised of a body shape by a waist length and will have all the information you need to dress and accessorize beautifully. You choose yours after first buying book one, The Guidebook, your fashion guide based on body shape and the space of the waist. This is a new method of determining your body shape and your waist length termed the space of the waist.